Hello, hello. I am so excited to be giving you guys this bonus material. So this is the first bonus episode, mini-sode, whatever you want to call it, that I'm putting out. And I am so excited for this. But as I promised, this is going to be a more raw and unedited version of episodes, but more personal. And they're going to take all different forms. So I'm very excited to be recording the very first one. And this is so raw and unedited that I didn't even unplug my fridge this time. (laughs) So you may hear background noises, birds chirping, refrigerators running. I don't know, someone in the hallway yelling. You never know, really. But I don't know. We're just going to run with it. And usually I'm like, oh, background noise, got to cut it all out. But I just want to present this like we, oh, that's my computer running. Do you hear that? See, I'm not going to cut that out. I want to present this like we are talking over the table, having coffee or whatever you drink, tea, water, adrenal, what do you call those things? Adrenal cocktails, (laughs) whatever you're drinking, I want it to feel like. We're just talking over the table. So I'm not sure what I'm going to title this bonus episode yet, but it's going to be somewhat of my life and just my journey when I was single. And I am now married. I'm a newlywed. It's not like I have a lot of experience being married. And I got married when I was 22. So it's not like I was single for all of my 20s or anything like that. But I wanted to just tell the story of me learning not to live in extremes. That's basically this. And I learned so much about dating and I really want to help others feel like they don't have to live in an extreme when it comes to dating because guess what happens when we live in extremes? We live in the black and white and It's never actually healthy. Like, when has going to an extreme been a healthy thing? There are very few things that you're like, oh, yeah, when I live in the black and white in this area of my life, everything goes well. So I learned not to live in extremes when I was single. And this story is going to take place all the way from middle school up until college. So quite a few years in the middle of there. And then we're going to just talk about some lies that I believed when I was single and how God really changed my perspective and... Yeah, I'm just excited to share. So here we go. I'm going to talk through how my beliefs about dating, how my beliefs about singleness came to be about and how God changed them throughout, you know, time. And I just hope some of this is going to resonate with you guys. I know that not every part is going to apply to every person, but you may encounter someone who's struggling with these same things that I used to, or you're like, oh my gosh, that's me. She's reading my diary. Listen. We're just having coffee here. We're just having coffee over the table. So let's just enjoy. I'm going to start when I was in middle school. So when I was in middle school and just basically growing up, I went to the extreme of putting my whole identity in a boy's hands. Like when I liked someone, when I had a crush on them, I was like, if they say I'm pretty, then that must be true. And when my the people that I liked would change around and switch up. If that boy said that uh, he didn't like me, I was like, I'm unlikable. I'm unlovable. I can't do this. And so my identity, I didn't know who I was. And so it was always in another guy's hands, 
which was, of course, unhealthy. And then as I started following Jesus and I started understanding my identity a little bit more, I started to just go through this, I'm actually not sure if I could call it a phase, but I realized as I was going through my first half of high school, so I was like 14, 15, 16, all the way up until I was 16, I was very afraid of guys' opinions, so this would basically take place in the same way as like putting my identity in them. Like I didn't know who I was to the fullest extent. I didn't really know what God thought of me. So I didn't know how to place my identity in God's hands instead of what other people thought of me. And for this season of my life, it was completely in the male gender's hands. And I just lived life like I was genuinely afraid of them. And I think that you could look back and think like, well, Did someone do something to you to make you feel so afraid of them? Not really, (laughs) but I just didn't know how to have guys as friends, and I didn't know that my entire identity didn't have to be in them and in their hands. So it wasn't until I was 16 that I was on a mission trip in Central America, actually, and I remember God telling me very clearly one night, we weren't even in like a church service, we weren't even doing anything ministry like at that moment but I remember God speaking to me and saying Jenny you don't need to be afraid of guys anymore and my immediate thought was oh I'm not afraid of guys I'm not afraid of men and then I just like sat there thought about it for a couple minutes and I was like okay I see what you mean (laughs) and I just had this like terrible fear that they don't like me it was really not okay I look back and I'm like, Jenny, you you might have missed out on some great friendships with some guys in your life because you were so afraid at that time. But after that encounter with the Lord, I started realizing the ways that I was really just hiding, really putting my identity in what they said of me. And I switched extremes. So that's great. Like I came out of that. I was able to have friendships with guys at that point. And I was like, wow, I've been missing out. I don't know why I disqualified them as my friends. I was just afraid and God doesn't want me to live in fear anymore. So that went really well. And then I unfortunately (laughs) went to the other extreme. Um, and I was like, yes, guys can be friends, of course. And so I had a lot of guy friends as well as girlfriends. And then I went to the extreme side of like, okay, guys are only friends. And I, this is the point in my life where I started like really pursuing hard after the Lord and just getting to know him, knowing my identity in him, him, what? Knowing my identity in him and what he was, you know, leading me to do, how to hear his voice. So that was great. And I decided then for the rest of high school that I wasn't going to date. Now, I had not had a single date with a guy (laughs) this entire time. And um, all the boys that I had liked before them were just crushes. And um, I think I was too afraid to ever find out if they were, you know, mutual or just one-sided. So I had never dated. And I went to this extreme of deciding not to date just to focus on God for the rest of high school. Now, that is not a bad thing in and of itself. 
I just want to say if you've done that or you've decided not to for a year or decided not to date for this season of your life, that's not a bad thing if you just want to focus on the Lord. Um, but I definitely had some pride in thinking that I, I was better than others. Like I thought like deep down that I was kind of holier than my friends who were dating at that time. And I really liked how some of my friends would be like, that is so honorable of you. You just want to, you know, focus on the Lord and not date for this time. That's awesome. And I really enjoyed them viewing me as, I don't know, a super Christian or something. So I just kind of like low key looked down on my friends who had decided to date at that time in their lives. And I remember literally a friend of mine came up to me and was like, tell me this situation with her boyfriend that she was having. And, and I just told her, I was like, you should break up with him. And there wasn't even a thought in my mind, like, oh, that would be painful for her if she broke up with him. I just thought like, you need to focus on the Lord. Like I'm doing like, what's, what's the big deal. And I regret that so much. I did not have any empathy for her. And so this was not a great way to live, but that was the extreme that I was living in at that point. And I did think that it was, it was holier if you decided to remain single than date. And I, I knew in my head, this is a common theme until I got to college. So (laughs) this is very important. I knew in my head that you could be godly while you were single. And I knew in my head that there were amazing godly marriages. You can be a godly person when you're married. But I had absolutely no context for that in between. Like I had no idea how to go on a date, how to communicate my feelings to someone else of the opposite gender. I had no idea what dating in a godly way would look like, except for the messages that I had heard of what not to do. So I'd be like, don't go too far. Don't put yourself in this situation. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So I didn't have any context for that in between time. And then after high school, I went to a discipleship program overseas for a year, and on that discipleship program, uh, year long, I was on covenant. If anyone has ever heard that term, (laughs) that term is a little cringy now that I look back on it, but I was just not allowed to date. Like, in the first year of that program, you were saying that you were voluntarily not going to date for that year, just focus on the Lord, and this was not a really big change for me. I... I had been used to it for quite a while, and I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. I've been doing this for a while. And then towards the end of that discipleship program, I was kind of conflicted because I still did not have any context for that in-between time, in-between being single and being married. I didn't really know anything about dating. I, I just felt afraid of it. I felt intimidated by it. I didn't feel prepared or like I could date in a good way because I just felt uninformed and unprepared. So I went to my freshman year of college, not in that discipleship program anymore. We moved back to the States. All right, vroom, vroom, back to the States. And um, yeah, I entered freshman year of college. I basically realized, I was like, what is my identity anyway? And so God just took me on a deeper, a deeper path of learning who he is and I just really rock solid found who he says I am and just got rid of a lot of the fear of what people think I think that that's something sometimes I still struggle with I mean I don't know anyone who doesn't really but 
I learned so much more how much God loves me. And so that was such a blessing. And, and then towards the end of my freshman year, I found out that dating is okay. <laughs> I, oh gosh. So when I say that out loud to myself right now, I'm like, Jenny, that's ridiculous. How would dating not be okay for you? I can't believe you thought that at one point, but this is for realsies. In a context where I did not learn that much about how to date well or how to, I don't know, communicate your boundaries, talk about how you feel, like in an environment like that, I felt like I don't even know how to date. Is like, is dating even okay for me? Who knew? And I specifically remember towards the end of that school year, like the Lord showed me a picture of this door and while I was praying, the door opened and the sign above that door, like labeling it was dating. And God was like, I'm opening this door to dating for you. And after I was praying and I opened my eyes, I was like, huh, interesting. (laughs) Because at that point, I was like, I don't know if I can date well. And so a lot of my friends were dating. I didn't feel like there was anyone at that time where I was like, I just really like you and I do have someone I want to go out with. And I just realized I had a lot of fear about dating. I had a lot of fear of, of putting myself out there. And, and I thought to myself, like, is online dating even okay? Um, if I, if I sign up for online dating, does that mean I'm not trusting God with my story? And is that like taking matters into my own hands? And I was so afraid of rejection at that point. So I wanted to take these baby steps of like finding out, okay, maybe there's someone that I like in the future. Like, what am I going to do? I don't know how to date. I don't know how to do any of this. And I was so embarrassed to talk about it. I don't feel like I told anyone except maybe one person back home that I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, learning, you know, I'm just a little scared about dating and I just didn't know. So I also felt this pressure of like, I have to get it right on the first time. Like if you go on a date with someone and you don't end up marrying them, like, did you fail? And so God was just, you know, getting rid of all these lies in my head. And I decided to go on a dating website and I really wanted to go on a date because I wanted to get myself comfortable with dating. I was like, if God says this is okay for me, I like, it is okay to go on a date. I am normal and I am empowered to do that. I can do this. <laughs> and um, just kind of pushing down these lies of like, no, you're unqualified. You don't know what you're doing. Who do you think you are? And so I went on two dates with this guy and um, I really appreciated that time. I think I drove home from those dates and I was like, yeah, go Jenny. Like you can do this. Who said you were disqualified? Because I just felt underprepared. And that took a lot of pressure off. It took a lot of pressure off of thinking like, I have to marry the guy that I go on a date with. It took a lot of the pressure off of me of thinking everyone else knows how to date and I don't. And that's just wasn't true. So I got a lot more comfortable after those few dates that I went on. And I was like, yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of here. Of course, vulnerability and risks as you get more into a relationship. But I was like, thank God. I do not have to disqualify myself anymore. So sophomore year of college comes around and there's this wonderful man named Joe in my life now. (laughs) And I had met him the year before, but did not 
see him as anything other than a friend. And my sophomore year of college, I started developing these feelings and I was like, oh no, like this was a feeling of dread. And I do talk a a lot more about this in detail in the episode um, about anxiety about good things. So if you want more detail about this story, you can go ahead and listen to that episode. But I just felt dread because I found myself having feelings for Joe. And I thought like, I can't date. Why would I be able to date? Like just because I had real feelings for him, there was more at risk, if that makes sense. Like I'm not just going on a date. I actually maybe want to get into a relationship. And so I talked with my dearest friend, Victoria Hedger, and she's on an episode of the podcast. It's called Can I Be a Depressed Christian? So go ahead and listen to that episode if you get the chance. But she took so much pressure off of me as I talked to her about it and processed with it. Um, And I'm so grateful for that because I was like, okay, I do feel like this is a big risk because, you know, rejection is always a possibility, but I am going to put myself out there and Um, I just took a lot of pressure off of myself. So, of course, now Joseph is my husband and, you know, we know how that story panned out. But that was a really, you know, scary time. Risking any vulnerability or emotional exposure, like, that's scary. But the Lord was with me and I didn't feel the same shame as I did before. And so I felt just so free to actually just get into the dating world and get into a relationship and that the Lord was with me. He was going to help me and he wasn't leaving me on my own. So I also did have some great mentors speaking into my life at that time and helping me through, you know, dating relationship, all that stuff. And so in a world where I grew up where dating was not really, well, I'm not going to say normal. That's not true. Dating was uncommon Because I grew up in church and all my friends who also went to church, who I knew that were genuinely following Jesus, they weren't dating. And we always talked about dating like it was, like it was, I don't know, something that you did when you knew a guy was the one that you were going to marry, which is incredibly pressure filled. Like who the heck said that? So it was a very freeing process. And I just wanted to debunk some of the lies that I believed maybe some of you think these same things and are struggling and some part of that story resonated with you. But I can recognize four main lies that I really believed in that season. So I'm just going to go through them and I'll debunk them along the way, okay? So number one, it is less holy to date than be single. Oh, good Lord. So I really did think this. I really, really did. And when I started to develop feelings for Joseph, I thought to myself, like, well, can I really date someone and be in a relationship and still love God with my whole heart? And I was just afraid, like, is that, can I do both at the same time? Because I always thought, like, well, if you date, then you are distracted and Um, you can't be fully devoted to God because you're obviously devoted to someone else. And that just wasn't true. I feel like I learned through that process that God's love in you as he is your first love, the love that you feel for someone else can overflow out of your love for God. And, and you love your friends, you love your family 
you can love a significant other without, you know, leaving God as your first love. And your love with that person, that significant other, is going to be so much more full when you have God as your first love. So I was like, you can do both. Thank God. And also you are not splitting your heart into all these little tiny pieces when you start to love someone or your family, your friends, your significant other, we're not breaking our hearts apart. Our love just grows. Our love just multiplies. And so, yeah, that's basically one and two because one, that lie would be it is less holy to date than be single. And then two was if I get into a relationship, then that means I won't be fully devoted to God. I'll be distracted. And I learned that both of those are complete lies and there is nothing wrong with dating as long as you, you know, live for the Lord first and do it in a godly way. Number three that I want to debunk that I really, really thought for a while. I can't love a guy too much or else God will take him away from me. So I know this sounds morbid. <laughs> I know, I know. I look back and I'm like, Jenny, what the heck? But I cover this lie and foreboding joy a lot more in that episode called anxiety about good things why can't I just be happy pretty sure that's the title but I just felt scared that God was gonna take any man that I dated and be like oh she loves him more than me gotta rip him out gotta get rid of that idol and I learned through that process God is not manipulative and God is right there helping you date in a godly way as he is your, as the Holy Spirit guides us and is our counselor. And God is not interested in diminishing your love for a person so that he can have all of your love. I think he's way more concerned with your heart and your priorities. So let's say God is your number one. Then you are able to love another person in the fullest extent. And and you are not, you know taking that other person and saying like they're my identity they are everything I need I just need to be with them and you know that would be I'm idolizing a person but God was not interested in just ripping something away from me to teach me a lesson number four last lie I want to debunk is if I get into a relationship that means I'm not content being single so there was this part of me in my pride that I thought to myself like if I get into a relationship like people are gonna think and I'm gonna think that I just couldn't take it being single that I'm too I'm not strong enough to be by myself and do things for myself and I was I just look back and I'm like whoa that's not true I know that when I'm content being single that was prime time for me to get into a relationship not because one is better than the other I don't think that being single or dating someone is better or worse than the other one I know that when I practice contentment in the season that I'm in whatever my life looks like then I am in a really good place to go into a different season of my life because I understand the practice of contentment that happiness will not come when I get what I really desire when I get this other thing when I have this other person in my life my joy is in the Lord and he is my reward. It's not like everything I want is just out of reach. And so I think that contentment needs to be practiced and we all start out single. So that is the perfect place to practice it.
So those are the lies I just wanted to debunk. I think it's so funny because right now I know they exist. They probably do exist, but I haven't really found any marriage devotional book that I actually like. And you know why that is? (laughs) It's because I feel like all of them say the same exact thing. You feel like you would open a marriage devotional and think like, this is going to teach me how to be a better wife. It's going to teach me how to be, you know, a good spouse and serve my, my spouse. And I think that they do mention that, but everyone that I've picked up so far, they all seem to say the same, they all seem to say the same thing, which is follow the Lord for yourself. And then coincidentally, you will look more like him. And of course, be a better spouse. You will be a more whole person when you just follow the Lord for yourself. And I think that's awesome because how do you want to be a good spouse in the future? Just follow the Lord and let him, you know, mold you and make you look more like him because that's the type of person you want to be married to, right? You want to be married to someone who knows God and treats you so well because they know who their first love is because they've experienced this unending limitless love and so you want of course to be loved in the best way so just follow the lord and he will make you look more like himself you will produce the fruits of the spirit and you know look more like him so yeah i just wanted to talk a little bit about that Thank you so much if you are a subscriber and listening to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this helped you in some way, and I'm just glad I could have coffee with you today or whatever you're drinking, your adrenal cocktails or something. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for subscribing, and encourage your friends to subscribe. Encourage whoever you want to subscribe because $2 a month, that's less than a coffee. (laughs) I could buy like... That's like two coffees, honestly. I appreciate you subscribing so much more than you know. So, signing off. See you around. It's Jenny. Jenny on her bonus content.